This is Bill Sproul, the CEO of Tech Titans, and I am honored to have with me today James Klein, the president of the Infrastructure and Defense Products Group at Corvo, a semiconductor company with headquarters here in Richardson. And uh, James, thanks for being with me today. Appreciate your time very much and your leadership. For those of you that don't know, James was the uh, 2019 Tech Titans Awards Gala CEO of the year. And uh, James, uh, you know, it's quite an honor. Well, Bill, thanks. Thanks for making time today. And, and thanks for having, you know, doing this uh, chat. It, I'm looking forward to it. And, and again, you know, thanks for the honor of the award last year. It was a tremendous amount of fun. We've done a lot of great stuff here in, in North Texas, so it's uh, fun to get it recognized. And I think my team enjoyed it as well. They've been a big part of what we've been able to accomplish. So uh, always, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, always the case. It takes a team to support, you know, the group. So let's just start with a little bit more about you. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from, where you went to school. I know that you have a favorite university and maybe a little bit about your career path. Yeah, thanks. I, you know, I, I grew up in, born and raised in Texas and, you know, my family was from the Hill Country and then later moved down to South Texas. So I was actually born in South Texas and raised south of San Antonio and went to a small school. I think that had a, a big part of my development as I grew up in a very rural environment. I had uh, a lot of jobs that I look back on and I'm, I'm glad that I don't do those today. They were, they were hard jobs. I I have a, a passion for rural America because it had a, uh, a really big part of, of helping me develop and, and develop a work ethic. And, and it's also a particular part of, I think, the country today that's been struggling over the last 20 years or so. So that, I think that's been a big development part. Uh, probably, you know, one of the most important things growing up is I met my wife in high school and, you know, she had, uh, we, we got married after college. So we've been married for a long time. I won't tell how long because that'll tell you how old I am, but we've been married for a long time. Okay. And, um, so, you know, I, I did probably mess up at Tech Titans because when I got the award, I went first and I, I thanked my, my team and I, I failed to thank my wife. And then everybody else that got awards came up and thanked their wife. And so uh, I, was, I went in trouble for my wife. She knows that, that I really appreciate everything she's done. But I was in trouble for my team. They really got on to me about not thanking my wife. So I need to take the opportunity today to thank Mary for everything she's done to, to help me through all this, <laughs> including working and paying for my graduate school. So uh, she's a, she was a big part of that. I, I went to A&M and, and got a double degree and. And yes, we are one of those crazy Aggie families. Uh, my dad went there in the 50s and, and was an engineer. And I have two brothers and a sister, and they all went there. And both of my daughters have gone there and, and have anything to do with it at all. My grandkids will all go there. And uh, the theme, you know, with my girls always was that uh, you can go to school anywhere you want, but I'm only paying for it if you go to A&M. Maintained a lot of contact with the university, share the double E board at A and M, and and so I stay actively involved uh, in the university. And again, mm-hmm. played a big part in helping me, you know, develop during that time frame. And you know, I I've always appreciated what A and M does as sort of a balance of of academics and maybe real world uh, experience. I think we pride sure. ourselves in the university of creating engineers that you know maybe may, maybe have a, a good mix of. Uh, of background in the technology, but also some common sense and being able to go through the engineering process. So what was um, the first job you had out of college? Yeah, it was straight to TI. And, and, you know, so I came, I had multiple job offers, but TI was the one in Texas and, you know, it's, it's hard to leave, right? So we, we loaded up, 
didn't have a penny to our name and moved to, to Dallas, Mary and I did, and, and worked for TI for, I guess, about 12 years or so until Raytheon bought TI Defense. Mm-hmm. And you know, TI was, was and is a fantastic company, did uh, a lot of development at TI, a tremendous amount of training at TI. I think I learned a lot about accountability at TI because, oh. uh, you know, it, it was definitely a culture where, you know, you were held accountable to, to what you needed to accomplish. So, you know, just fantastic experience for me. And, and I remember when, when Raytheon bought TI, we, you know, most people were kind of depressed um, because we thought, you know, wow, we're leaving this world-class company and we're going to a company that we didn't really know about, but we thought, you know, can't be good. Um, and, uh, and then I went to Raytheon and spent another 12 years or so, I guess, at Raytheon. And, and you know, it turned out to be fantastic as well. I think it was, uh, you know, we were scared of the change, but again, Raytheon was a, was, was a world-class company um, with really world-class execution. I think that's, you know, one thing that I've really learned with those two companies is, is the discipline and how to execute a business and, you know, to really be disciplined about your financials and the processes that you follow. Yeah, great experience. And in two, 2011, I, I left a, a great job at Raytheon and went to a, a small company called Triquent Semiconductor. My revenue was about a tenth. The number of employees I had was about a 20th. And uh, so you can imagine this was a you know a big adjustment for me. But I went there because I really wanted to help that company transform. And I, and I wanted to do you know some more work on the commercial side. We merged with RFMD and created Corvo about I guess coming up on six years ago, right? And and it's been a fantastic journey as well. It's a, you know I'm getting close to my I guess my ninth year anniversary was a few weeks ago, so it's getting close to ten years now with, Ooh, the, right. with the third company. And but it's been it's been very very great broadening experience for me to to get to spend time with investors, to to spend time in a boardroom, to spend time doing a tremendous amount of international business, which I mm-hmm. had done at Raytheon, but it was, you know, fairly limited to NATO countries and things like that. And, right. you know, obviously today uh, with the kind of business we do, we really do business all over the world. So it's uh, uh, definitely been a big learning experience for me to be at uh, Corvo. Sure. And, and create something new. I, that was a, a tremendous amount of work, you know, very challenging, um, but also really very fun to create the font for the name and the color and the everything ground up, right? And so this, <laughs> uh, people probably don't think about all that, but it's been a tremendous amount of fun to, to create something that's, you know, I think met its promises, turned out to be a really world-class company. Tell the audience, what is infrastructure and defense products? And then- Tell us what competitive advantage Corvo has. Maybe it's its technology. Yeah, so, you know, Corvo is broken up into two divisions. The largest division is our um, mobile business. So that's where we supply mainly RF and power management chips, semiconductors to the mobile handset volume. Every one of your handsets, pretty much it doesn't matter where you get it, where you live in the world. If, you, if you're talking on a mobile phone, you're, you know, you've got a Corvo chip in there somewhere that's helping you communicate, helping that device run more efficiently. The other division is what, is what I have the pleasure to run, and it's called Infrastructure and Defense. Uh, there's probably no good name that we could ever come up with because we, we really service about 14 different markets with a broad variety of products. And infrastructure for us is really around all the data infrastructure. So that can be the cellular network. You know, so every base station's got our products in it. It can also be the fiber network networks and the cable networks. 
It can be the wireless network in your house, you know, wireless infrastructure in your house. So, so your Wi-Fi router definitely has our products in it as well. And then, you know, defense is pretty self-explanatory, right? We we are a, a long time a U.S. defense contractor. We supply advanced semiconductors to the defense business and really supply the U.S. and all the NATO countries. And we're in about almost every major defense platform that exists and we've been doing that for years and years. Our competitive advantage, I think, is uh, really probably twofold. We definitely are a technology company. We win on helping our customers solve uh, some of their most complex problems. And so we focus very heavily on technology. We think we give, that gives us a good discriminator and, and also is a long-lasting discriminator. But I don't want to lose focus of that partner with our customers because I think the other thing that we pride ourselves on is not just technology for technology's sake, but making sure that we have a good, solid partnership built with our customers so that we can see what problem they need to solve out in the future and have the technology ready when they, when they need it. In pretty intense customer uh, focus and, and a great technology company, a, a good chunk of which is you know, done right down the street from you. And so we, you know, we're the leader in, in bulk acoustic wave filtering and also one of the leaders in gallium nitride technology, which are sort of the two new semiconductor things. And, and uh, both of those are, are manufactured in Richardson and a lot of design and development work done in Richardson as well. So community is really, really important to us for many, many reasons, but certainly important to us from a technology perspective. So you were talking a little while ago about doing business internationally, and I remember you telling me a story a few months ago as, you know, COVID was uh, really breaking out in China. And I know you have production facilities over there. And I thought it was remarkable that you were able to keep uh, producing in China and particularly with the track record you had on safety. Can you talk about that and how you navigated through that? The pandemic has really, I think, shown the value of having strong leadership and being really proactive as, as a leadership team. And we did experience this obviously earlier than a lot of U.S. companies because we have manufacturing in China. We've been dealing with the pandemic, I would say, uh, January kind of time frame. We very quickly formed a, a team, kind of a response team around uh, COVID, and that team reports into our leadership team, which we meet several times a week, uh, typically three times a week as a, as a senior staff just associated with COVID um, so that we can respond very quickly. Um, we put in a lot of safety protocols in, in uh, China, including things like temperature checks and, you know, social distancing rules very, very early, including, you know, closing elevators and using one-way stairwells and, and a lot of things like that early on. And we're able to keep our, our factories in China up and running through the whole thing. In fact, uh, we did not have an employee incident uh, during all of that, which was incredibly positive for the company. That's remarkable. Yeah, it was it a was great job. Paul Fago runs our uh, worldwide operations organization. And again, he was incredibly proactive early on. And we set up a great team of local leaders uh, to help us through that process. Now, you know, even I think what's been great with that is we took those lessons learned and, and we brought those back into our U.S. and European operations and not just ops, but all of our design centers and everything else into the U.S. and, and brought our lessons learned. And, and we've been able to navigate through in the U.S., as well. And, you know, today I never would have thought I'd seen it, but when you walk into our major facilities in the U.S., we have automatic thermal scanners that scan your temperature mm -hmm. 
that allow you in and out of the building. We've, we've done a lot of work with uh, social distancing in our facilities, and we've been very successful with work from home. We, we've got the vast majority of our engineering population working from home, and that's been great. Our IT teams have, have done a fantastic job in uh, getting us up and running. Um, we, you know, we've got metrics in place to see how well productivity is going, and, and so far, I, I think it's, it's going very, very well. Um, you know, now we're starting to look at, you know, what's next, right? What is the right. future, workplace of the future going to look like and, and how do we adjust? I suspect we'll, we'll, you know, work from home will be, you know, a, a part of our environment that will last uh, for, for the long run here. But uh, we're also trying to figure out how do we stage employees to get back to work into the office, those that need to be there. Do you anticipate those safety protocols like temperature checks in, in the factories just to continue in perpetuity? Is, is that just a, is that a, is that a thing that's going to st- stay? Uh, you know, it's it's early, Bill. I, I think they will continue in, until, you know, at some point in time that, you know, we all agree that the virus isn't a substantial threat to health and, and spreading. So, you know, when does that, is that a, when a vaccine comes along or, or something else? I'm not sure. But yeah, I think for now we'll keep that up. And we're, we're certainly going to also, you know, maintain things like, you know, hand sanitizers and our cleaning protocols and social distancing. We're, we're even changing the way our offices are laid out uh, mm-hmm. to adjust and make sure that we can keep our employees safe. You know, I talked earlier about our discriminator and, and uh, you know, it really is uh, when it all said and done, it's about the, the, the folks that are on the team. I mean, it's, uh, we can't do what we need to do if we don't have a world-class team and, and we can't do that if we don't keep them safe. So it's, Really, really important to us that, that we keep our people safe and, and working pro, pro, uh, productively during this environment. No, I want to say one other thing, Bill. We, we didn't stop there, and I, and I think this is important during these times. We didn't stop with just lessons learned and using in Corvo. And we've been sharing that information very, very freely. We're, we're a member of several industry organizations, and, and we sent out our data and sort of our lessons learned from China to the entire industry. I personally have shared that same data set with with numerous customers, and you know, so I think we're we have a, a bit of a community approach here that uh, we're really not just trying to keep Corvo up and running and safe, but we're trying to keep you know the the country and the world really because we share them in Europe as well and in China. We 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 want to keep uh, everybody up and running and get past the pandemic as quickly as we can. Well, congrats to you and the team and Paul Fago for taking the COVID threat. Um seriously early on and acting on it. Uh, Well done. So I want to turn back uh, here to North Texas, and you've got several locations here in North Texas, but you've gone through an expansion in Richardson, I know. Talk about why Corvo, uh, you know, focused on North Texas and expansion here. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a great community for us to be part of for, for a long, long period of time for many reasons, but you are correct. We continue to expand in the region. And it was just a few years ago that that we purchased and, and uh, moved into my new headquarter building that's there in Richardson. And, and that's been fantastic. I, I think our focus on the, on the area has, uh, you know, really been multiple different things. It's one, a, a great base of talent. And, uh, you know, so we can hire from the universities in the region and, and fill. There's also, you know, a lot of competitive companies that are in the area that you know, offer a talent base for all of us to, to deal with. So talent's been very, very important for us in, in the region. Texas has been a, a great state to do business in. And, and certainly the involvement of, of things like Tech Titans and the Chamber of Commerce in North Texas 
have been very, very helpful for us. So we are a, a big employer, a big taxpayer, a big utility user. And uh, so having the partnership, you know, with the local community, I think has been very, very helpful for the company. And, and I hope we're giving back. I think we're, you know, we're hopefully enriching the lives of a lot of folks. Um, it's, you know, one of the things that that's always been fun for me in my career is, is sort of working in areas where I feel like I've done, done something that helped. And certainly you got that in defense. And, uh, and, and when I came to a commercial company at first, I sort of missed that because I, you know, the defense stuff is, is right in front of you that you were saving lives and helping. And when I came to commercial company at first, you know, maybe I missed that a bit. And then I realized what we were doing is really, you know, very, very helpful. And now when you look at COVID and, and can you imagine a world where you couldn't do this, where you, right. you weren't connected and your, your, your mobile phones didn't work and you couldn't shop online and, and so the, you know, the value that Corvo is bringing today and being able to connect, um, I think is having a huge impact now in the way societies continue to move forward. So it's, it's been very rewarding during this time frame to not just, again, you know, help our company keep up and running and people's jobs going, but knowing that we're really helping the, the whole world sort of move forward. Speaking about helping the world and helping locally, you know, Corvo and you personally and some of your leadership team are deeply involved with our STEM efforts and tech titans, helping to inspire the next generation of technologists. I know that you spend a lot of time personally hosting young students there and interns and college kids. Why are you doing it? One, it's uh, just a passion for me, you know, is, is, is trying to help. And boy, it's been that way forever. I coached kids when my kids were little and I've always tried to mentor kids uh, through college and help. And so one, it's just a passion for me, but to be honest, it's a business imperative as well. You know, you look at a business yep. like mine, we've been growing almost 20% a year for the long run here. And we can't do that if we can't bring great employees in. And so we need, uh, we need this next generation of, of kids coming out of the STEM environment. You know, the U.S. is really built on this sort of great high-tech culture. And if we don't have kids in STEM coming out of colleges that are going to feed that, and when all the old guys like me retire, we're going to be in a we're going to be in a world of hurt. So I think that passion to just keep the innovation going, it, you know, is, is very very important. And like I said, I think it's a business imperative as well. You know, I think on top of that, we need to have a, diver- a diversity push to also increase the diversity in our field and in our particular markets. And so that's also a passion, you know, for me and the company to make sure that we're doing that. I do it for the company. Personally, what I do is, you know, been involved with A&M, as I said, for years, and, you know, one, because I love the university, but two, because it, it really rewarding for me to, to, to be able to help any way I can. And, and uh, so I've been on the board for, I guess, I don't know, at least 15 years in helping the university move forward and try to create students that are, you know, can be successful when they get out into uh, the work environment. A little bit of me is just trying to pay back. STEM's obviously been fantastic for me. Um, and it was great for my father. So I really want to make sure that, you know, I pay that back in any way I can. Well, we appreciate all that you do. I, I hope that diversity for you means more than just race or gender. I hope it means that you hire engineers other than Aggies. Yeah, I have a few folks from UT. It's it can be it can be a challenge sometime, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, certainly we do uh, hire from anywhere. Uh, from we do have strategic colleges, obviously, and A and M, as you can imagine, is one of those. But yeah, we definitely hire a broad range, and 
And diversity is broader to me than just race and gender, by the way. It is a diversity of thought, I think, adds to that a lot. You know, I've just, I've had the pleasure of running diverse teams and, and also in some cases not diverse teams. And, and what I've seen is that diverse teams just make better decisions. Yep. That, that, you know, the different point of views uh, really help kind of average into a great decision-making process. And, you know, groupthink can really get you into trouble. <laughs> and so uh, I think it's, it's similarly, it's the right thing to do, but it's, a, it's also very healthy for the business. You mentioned mentoring that you probably had mentors along the way, and I'd like to get your feedback on the best advice that you were ever given and or the best advice you currently give to a young engineer. Again, I, I, I've got to thank Mary for this a little bit because I think my wife keeps me grounded. So that's probably in the long run, the best advice is, uh, you know, Mary helps me maintain balance, which I think is really important. Uh, Probably the best business advice that I had gotten in my career was, you know, to really make sure that you understand how you can provide value and then develop that and work towards that. Where can you make a difference in the team you're in or, you know, for your boss or for your, in my case, for the company? What does the company need out of IDP and, and how can I provide that value? So I think if you focus on value uh, and providing that value sort of in a selfless way, then I think that's, that really, really helps. So that was fantastic advice. You know, my advice right now is, you know, I ask most people, are they having fun? You'll see that out of me if you work for me. I ask a lot because I think that's, you know, it's important and it's hard to do. I'm not world-class at it, but I think it's important that uh, you enjoy what you're doing. And uh, mm-hmm. during this time, you know, it's even more challenging and I understand that, but yep. I, I, I ask folks a lot, are they having fun? And I, and I take that serious. I want them to enjoy their job. Uh, we spend a good chunk of the day doing this. And, and so I want folks to make sure they're having fun, but I also buried in there is I want them to have that balance that I talked about earlier. Uh, right. you know, work is fantastic, but you got to rebuild a gas tank every once in a while. I've often heard, you know, executives like you, and I certainly feel this being CEO of my organization, that, you know, culture is really important in an organization. It strikes me that perhaps it's even more important now during this kind of virtual COVID environment. Are you, are you seeing that? Yeah, I think it's, it's most. You know, one thing I've seen during COVID is companies' ability to adjust, and you guys have experienced it. I won't mention companies' names, but you've experienced it in your day-to-day life that some companies have just adjusted and did fantastic. They're probably experiencing great revenue and profitability. And then other companies, you look at them and go, and, you know, why, why are you doing that during this time frame? And, and so I think that ability to adjust is a really, really a great part of the culture. It's one thing that I've loved about being at Corvo is our ability to change and really our employees' willingness to change and do things different is just so, it's so fun for me. The employee base wants to do stuff different. They want to develop, do technology. They want to work different. So I think that's really important. Part of culture that I think is important, we talk about a lot, is that it's really a time that you got to, you know, get close to your employees and your employees have to trust you because there's a tremendous amount of things going on. You know, markets are moving all over the place. You know, supply chain's a challenge. Our customers are, are some are challenged, some are doing great. It takes a tremendous amount of leadership right now during this environment. And if your folks don't trust, uh, you know, your leadership and where you're going, then it's really hard to lead. 
Absolutely. Um, in this in this virtual way, as I'm sure you can imagine. So, you know, you need that culture. I mean, and I, I, I won't speak for our employees, but I sure hope we have that in Corvo today. And it's certainly something that, that we strive for and that our employees can trust the management team that we're really working hard um, you know, to keep the company moving and keep them safe during the environment. Well, I can tell you that having read through your nomination last year uh, for our CEO of the Year Award, I don't think you could have achieved the kind of results that you've had at Corvo unless you had the right kind of culture and leadership and uh, the trust of your team. So I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. Stay at it. Keep giving back. We appreciate Corvo's involvement in, in, uh, in Tech Titans and STEM and everything that you do. And Yeah. Well, thanks, Bill. And again, thanks for your leadership. You know, what you do in the community is really important. I think you're helping a lot of us out in companies, and I think it's helping folks, changing folks' lives with you know, their ability to have great jobs and great employment in North Texas. I'm glad you guys do it. And, and you know, North Texas will remain, will remain an important part of the company. So we, we appreciate everything that you guys are doing as well. So thank you, you and your team. James Klein, President of Infrastructure and Defense Products Group at Corvo. Thanks, Corvo.